Welcome, it's indisputable, good to be with you. We got a lot of show today. Breaking down news of the day, we got Ben Carollo, host of Galaxy Brain. He streams on Twitch as Bleep Blop, Ben, writer and TYT contributor. Also, in the bullpen, I have Washington editor at The Spectacle and co-host of O'Connor and Company, Amber Athey. We're gonna talk about Joe Manchin's opposition to the Build Back Better Act, all right? Top story of the day, a police chief charged with a hate crime, convicted of lying to the FBI, will now face no penalty for striking a handcuffed teenager who's black. Even though his fellow officers, the people that work for him, said he's racist and that his actions were illegal. They testified against him and made secret recordings of his racism. Not going to have a penalty for what he did to the teenager and the story has another twist. All right, federal prosecutors, they tried. They have now dropped hate crime assault charges against Frank Nacera Jr. A former border town police chief accused of slamming the head of a handcuffed black suspect against a door jam back in 2016. Now, the federal prosecutors, they tried to prosecute this guy multiple times. They took it to a jury, they tried to get a conviction, a grand jury indictment. They did get him on lying to the FBI. Let me show a picture of the guy, all right? This is the former police chief, Frank Nassara in the background. You see him with the shades on, all right? The decision comes nearly three weeks after a jury deadlocked in the case for a second time and a judge declared a mistrial for the second time. Legal experts had widely speculated that Nacera would not face a third trial and they were correct, okay? And the federal government does this a lot. They believe a person is guilty. They may take one bite, possibly two bites at the apple. There's no conviction because of a hung jury, which means the prosecutor, they get another opportunity if they choose to. It's up to them to drop the charges. I typically never agree with them dropping the charges just because they cannot get the conviction. But in this case, that's what they did. All right, in a letter to the judge, Philip R. Selinger, a newly appointed US Attorney of New Jersey said, the government has determined that a third trial was not in the interest of the United States, all right? Now, I want you to remember this happened because of change in leadership at the district level of the federal prosecutor's office, okay? Change of leadership, new person comes in, they say, hey, not in the best interest of the United States to try to prosecute this chief of police. Uh, Nasera was convicted, was convicted in his first trial, which was October 2019, on a single charge of lying to the FBI. Sentenced to 28 months in prison. However, he has remained completely free on his own recognizance, pending the outcome of the other charges in the case. Now, he's been convicted of a major crime here, right? He doesn't have to go to prison because he has privilege still, even when he's convicted. So he remains free. It gets deeper. Uh, Nasera once, according to the narrative, was a highly respected law enforcement veteran for three decades in the predominantly white Burlington County community 
of about 11,000 residents. Uh, he says he was relieved by Tuesday's decision. Nasera is 64 years of age, okay? He's been doing this cop thing for a long time. He was charged with federal hate crimes and deprivation of civil rights in connection with an incident at a boarding town hotel when police arrested Timothy Stroy after he allegedly had not paid his bill. Think about what this is over. This is about not paying a bill, a civil issue, okay? He gets arrested. If, if convicted on those charges, this chief would have faced up to 10 years in prison, but he wasn't convicted. It was a mistrial, hung jury. Prosecutor has decided to let it go, all right? Prosecutors alleged during the trial that this police chief had a deep animosity against African Americans and that hostility is what led him to strike the 18 year old black male of Trenton during the hotel encounter. Officers who were there said the 18 year old black male teen was not resisting arrest. They literally snitched on their own police chief. Now, do you really think these cops stood up against the police chief because this was the first time the police chief had done something like this? No, I guarantee you there were other stories connected to this chief. And some of the officers said, I'm willing to now cross that blue line and tell the truth about the chief. During both trials, okay, remember this came out, Nasira had a history of making derogatory remarks about black people saying he wanted to unleash police dogs on spectators at a high school football game or high school football games, according to authorities. During both trials, they played profanity lace excerpts from for the jury from how many 81 secret recordings made by fellow officers in which Nasera could be heard using a racial slur. In one, the police chief says, and I quote, these N word are like ISIS. They have no value. They should line them all up and mow them down. I'd be, I'd like to be on the firing line. I could do it. Only one of the 12 jurors on the retrial was black. The jury for for Nucera's first trial had nine white and three black. In a statement, Marcus Sibley, president of the Southern Burlington County NAACP chapter, said he was not surprised by the dismissal. This is New Jersey, this is America. Here's another twist, the young man who was, who was at the middle of this, who was injured by this cop died before he could testify, died, okay? Unrelated, but died, could not testify in this case. So the evidence was based on what the report said, what witnesses said, what cops said, and what these recordings said. Still enough to convict, still enough to convict, okay? Um, the young man died in January, his mother, Felicia, says she believes the jury may have been able to reach a verdict if it could have heard from her son. She said the decision by prosecutors not to try this chief again was, and I quote, so not 
fair at all for a monster. A lot of other information came out about this guy. It was very clear to many that he was in fact guilty. And many of the jury members obviously believed he was guilty as well. However, privilege, opportunity, benefit, privilege, opportunity, benefit. Ben, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like first and foremost, it takes an extreme degree of racism for other police officers to call out another police officer for being racist. But on top of that, we need to talk about systemic racism and how there are countless systems that are put in place to maintain racial inequalities in America. One of those being the jury selection process. Basically, the philosophy towards jury selection is anybody that knows anything about the news, systemic racism in America, anybody who's been the victim of racism, all of these different things could be used as sort of prior knowledge or bias excuses to say, oh, well, they can't be on a jury. And if you won't let people be on a jury, if they said that they've experienced racism or they think cops might be racist sometimes, then you're gonna get results like this. And it's just another layer of protection in place for uh, like white supremacists, like this yeah. guy. Like, obviously, I think that he definitely falls under that category. And uh, our system is very much put in place to protect that person. And yeah. that's the unfortunate reality. And remember, he was police chief of virtually an all white community. That community is where uh, many of these jury members came from. Uh, and he was not able to be convicted by the jury, prosecution tried multiple times. A police chief who's also convicted of arson, doesn't deny it, but he's now a police chief. Well, once he got appointed police chief, 90% of the fire department quit in protest because their new leader is a convicted arsonist who's now the fire chief. But we have found the connection, ladies and gentlemen, as to why this person has been able to receive such special treatment being in fact, a convicted arsonist. Okay, let's go to St. Clair County, Illinois. St. Clair County, there were high emotions and high drama at the district board meeting in East Carondelet on Monday. As a once convicted arsonist was named acting fire chief of the Prairie DuPont Volunteer Fire Department in St. Clair County, okay? The board removed the current chief from his post and replaced him with the assistant chief, Jeremy Simmons. The two were seated at the same table when the change was made. So when this went down, all right, you gotta picture it. It goes down and fire department workers immediately start quitting in protest. They took off their fire department uniform, threw it at other members of the committee and they quit. You only have probably two or three that decided not to quit, okay? Jeremy Simmons, let me give you background on him. Jeremy Simmons pleaded guilty to arson, it was more than 20 years ago when he was 18, so it did go on his adult record. He was accused of setting fire to a vacant home and setting another smaller fire to its DuPont, they call it DuPont for short, high school. He served probation, all right? Now there are many in the community, they remember what he did. 
And they remember how it happened, they remember how it impacted that local community. And there are some other stories about other things he did that never actually made it to court, okay? So they know his background. Now you may pose the question here, well, how in the world does a guy who has a conviction record of arson and multiple arson charges with different situations ever become the assistant fire chief? Well, I got your information. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker, okay, gave the guy a pardon. He said it's a pardon. Still, the town remembers the school being set on fire, said the former fire captain. So wait a minute, this person gets a pardon for arson, is the assistant police chief then becomes the actual police, I mean fire chief, becomes the actual fire chief, what gives? What's the connection, all right? 10 of the department's 13 firefighters quit on the spot. Jeremy Simmons is son of a guy named Herb, Herb Simmons, who's Herb? Herb is the longtime director of the St. Clair Emergency Management Agency, meaning, Herb is in charge of all emergency departments, including the police, okay? His daddy is in charge of all of it and has been so for many years. Board members say they have good reasons for making the change, but they have not made those reasons public. And I found out the reason, the reason is, Jeremy Simmons is son of Herb Simmons, like I just told you. The longtime director of the emergency services outfit in that county. Boom, there you go. All right, every break possible. The former fire chief who just got replaced, as well as the employees, they're saying they do not feel safe. They believe this person is still not only problematic, but dangerous. They, they will not work under his leadership and they are willing to file lawsuit in order to get him removed. We're gonna see what happens. Ben, this is a hell of a story. Yeah, I mean, like I was actually in the beginning of the story, I was like, okay, maybe we could give this person the benefit of the doubt. If it was 20 years ago, we're having a conversation about like maybe they grew as a person, this, that, and the other thing. But there's like obviously it's nepotism, right? Obviously it's nepotism. Our system right. is not that forgiving, right? Now, of course right. we're not being a forgiving system where maybe somebody's made amends and become a better person. No, of course it's nepotism. And like this is the kind of stuff that happens. Like I mean, this I'm sure this has happened in like a dozen other places where maybe the person didn't commit arson, but maybe it's still somebody's kid that you know just kind of has never had to learn the lessons that they really should because their dad was somebody important or something mm-hmm. like that. And this is just uh, like, like it's, I think, tale as old as time, especially in the United States. I wanna bring out, and I agree with you, I wanna bring out a nuance that no one is really talking about. The fire chief who got replaced by the convicted arsonist, the fire chief, he comes out, he says, we don't feel safe under the leadership of this guy. But let's keep it 100. The guy was the assistant fire chief under the leadership of the fire chief that got replaced. Typically the fire chief gets to appoint the assistant fire chief. So for some reason, he had this person serving as the assistant fire chief. And I have to wonder, just being a student of politics and governance and authority, I have to wonder 
Did he get his job as fire chief with a wink and a nod from Daddy Simmons, who's in charge of emergency services, in order to appoint his son as assistant fire chief in the first place? Because if you're the chief, you get say so of who is your assistant fire chief. I think they have all played the game with Mr. Herb Simmons, the dad, who's in charge of this, and something happened. Okay. Um, this was really disturbing. Retired generals are saying that we may be headed to civil war in the United States of America, that a coup may actually happen. Let me give you this background. Uh, the United States could be subject to a military coup, according to three uh, military individuals. The Washington Post op-ed um, has been printed. Retired General Steven Anderson and retired Major Generals Paul Eaton and Antonio Tugaba contend that if former President Donald Trump or a similar candidate like a Donald Trump, if they lose again in 2024, not win, but lose, a renegade military unit is possible. And it may actually overthrow the election winner and install Mr. Trump in the White House. That's what they're saying. Now, this seems really extreme. Now, these are some serious cats. I don't agree with war. I don't agree with those who are the mongers of war. But I do listen to cats that understand war, especially when it comes to them predicting war in the future. The op-ed, in the op-ed, it says, we are increasingly concerned about the aftermath of the 2024 presidential election and the potential of lethal chaos inside of our military. The generals write in the op-ed published Friday afternoon. In short, we are chilled to our bones at the thought of a coup succeeding the next time. The generals point to signs of the politicization within the military. A large number of the January 6th insurrectionists, for instance, are current or former members of the armed forces. And the head of Oklahoma's National Guard recently disobeyed a presidential order to ensure his troops were all vaccinated against COVID-19. It is possible that the military will break into pro and anti-Trump camps leading to civil war. The generals argue enemy countries might take advantage of this chaos to launch attacks. It is a really compelling op-ed by these military, former military officials. Ben, you are former military. I need your insight. Is this even remotely possible in 2024? All right, um, so there's a couple different layers to this. The first yep. layer of this is the internal culture within individual offices in the military, right? Like And like the different culture within the different branches. And then there's the money layer to it. So we need to understand they tried to do this against FDR, right? There's a bunch of yep. business leaders who worked with a bunch of military generals and former military generals because we need to understand they have close working relationships with each other, right? Like executives from like Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, all these companies, they they work very very closely with a lot of these like military generals. And so it is not outside the realm of possibility that like business leaders find those relationships to be useful in terms of installing presidents that they would find more favorable to them because they've tried that before in the past. And then there's another layer, the final layer to it is within the military, especially when you do like when there's anything that like 
is like in any way secret or classified. You have like different pockets and each different pocket has the potentiality to form its own sort of internal culture. There are different people who are in leadership positions within those pockets that they could have maybe ideological leanings that like allow them to select new people to fill in. So you get ideological concentrations in the military in different units. And so the truth of the matter is that this is very much within the realm of possibility. This is something that's very real. There's a lot of veterans and especially there's a lot of military folks in particular units, especially if you look at the National Guard where the National Guard has a little bit of a disconnect from the rest of the military, has a lot mm. less strict sort of like oversight from like the sort of central body of like the military at large. Like. I wish that I could shrug this off as just nonsense. But the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of political division. And even back in 2016, right, when I was active duty, um, there was a lot of tension about Donald Trump just even being elected. And there were a lot of yeah. arguments. There were, I was maybe uh, one of the people that was involved in those different arguments. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I just, this is the moment where a lot of people have the tendency to think, all of the troops are heroes, they're all very patriotic, they would never do anything like this. I need you to erase everything like that from your brain, please. Um, they're human beings and they're human beings who let, like, let's be real, the type of people that join the military are the people that have sort of an inkling for violence for the most part, right? That's why that's what the military is. It is an institution of violence, it is its purpose, right? The people that are drawn to the military, right, have that sort of tendency, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the whole point. There's also, right, the reality of a lot of people join the military because they wanna do good in the world and because they're like poor, right? I wanted yeah. to do good in the world, I was poor. It turns out we weren't doing as much good as I thought we were when I joined, but yeah. Um, you've got those two sort of segments that are both in the military and they're definitely in tension with each other. And so like, I wish I could shrug off what these generals are saying, but I think that they're speaking to something that is very real that we would be, it would be to our own peril to ignore this potentiality. I think that's very well said. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, it's indisputable. Okay, let me read some of these amazing comments. And before I do that, let me remind everyone. Um, yep, holidays are here, right? Okay, there are a lot of grievances because of corporate Democrats, right wing nut jobs and establishment media help drive positive change. You know what it can do, by sending the gift of a TYT membership to your friends, family, or everything needs it, right? With this gift, you are helping advocate for critical progressive policy objectives, including Medicare for all, higher wages, college for all, and the Green New Deal, putting an end to political corruption. Check it out at tyt.com forward slash gift, tyt.com forward slash gift. And don't forget about the gear up for winter, everything at the shoptyt.com store, shoptyt.com, 30% off of all winter gear, all right? Don't miss out on a TDR favorite, the bomber jacket, available at shoptyt.com. Those Karen, those anti-Karen hoodies are pretty dope too. Also, I wish you Karen would. We got the whole lineup for you, okay? Uh, and don't forget, Rob Richardson, founder of Disrupt Art, is going to join our dear sister, Senator Nina Turner, on the conversation today. Tune in 5:30 p.m. Eastern Time, 2:30 p.m. Pacific Time. TYT.com forward slash live.
Let's get the comments. All right, Zane the Puffer Dragon. Hey, Dr. Richie, I just love your show. I wish you Karen Wood is my favorite segment and the in-depth news is awesome too. But thank you, Zane, I appreciate that. Make uh, it see the silver hair dragon, an arsonist in the fire department is nothing new. Many arsonists are attracted to that job, just as racist, hateful, rage addicted people are attracted to policing. But damn, you learn something new every day. Um, Ghost Dragon, thank you, Ghost Dragon. Uh, Tracy, about yeah, I know. Tracy says, uh, Ravenhawk says, you can't make it up. LOL, you really can't make this stuff up. Uh, Twitch, Phoenix, 32778. I like your shirt today, Doc. Baby blue is a great color on you. Well, thank you so much for that high compliment. Um, and fat guy named Tiny, more than enough to convict that people on death row on less evidence. That's correct. Um, and Somnia Nor says, my dad, my stepdad was a volunteer firefighter. A lot of firefighters know how to set fires without getting caught based on conversations we had. Well, there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I've had trouble. There's an African-American man threatening my life. His mask is down. He knows when to pull down because he can't breathe. Your son doesn't know the mental capacity. Your son doesn't have the mental capacity to know when because he can't breathe. This is the epitome of a bad parent. Bad parent. Bad parenting. I have to. Bad parenting. Bad parenting. Get out of my face, babe. You too. You too. Don't. You just walked up to me. You don't want to mess with me, okay? Artemis, come here. You want to get away from me? Bad parenting. Just be kind to each other first. Yeah, I was walking by because that child is so young. It doesn't have the mental capacity. And you're all crying because you're a bad parent. Listen, there's been a moment like I've seen this so many times. I just want to let you know. Can we just be kind to each other? I agree. Can we just do that? Can we just walk away from the situation right now? Because there's many times where I've never been. It's sad, isn't it? Sad. Right now, let's just be kind to each other. Got it. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Bad parenting. Bad parenting. Listen, it's all good. Just let's Bad parenting. You're only here once. I agree with you. One time and you're all wasting it by taking away your oxygen when you're outside surrounded by redwoods. That shows you the mental, like, and you're from Philly. I feel bad to say I'm from Philly. You honestly, you guys are all pathetic. You're all pathetic. You think you should be outside wearing a mask. Okay, well, I have a right to speak. I have a right to speak. Don't tell me where to go. You move on. Okay, so this particular Karen is mad at parents because parents have the audacity to raise their children the way they choose to. Okay, so she's mad because there's a mask on a child and she yells at everybody that these individuals are bad parents. Now, who started this whole thing? Actually, Tucker Carlson did. Here it is. We wear them because we have to. The only people who wear masks voluntarily outside are zealots and neurotics. How could you? That's the question we should be asking of them in return. The rest of us should be snorting at them first. They're the aggressors. It's our job to brush them back and restore the society we were born in. So the next time you see someone in a mask on the sidewalk or on the bike path, do not hesitate. Ask politely but firmly, would you please take off your mask? 
Science shows there is no reason for you to be wearing it. Your mask is making me uncomfortable. As for forcing children to wear masks outside, that should be illegal. Your response when you see children wearing masks as they play should be no different from your response to seeing someone beat a kid in Walmart. Call the police immediately. Contact Child Protective Services. Keep calling until someone arrives. What you're looking at is abuse, it's child abuse, and you are morally obligated to attempt to prevent it. If it's your own children being abused, then act accordingly. That's precisely how you should respond when they tell you that your kids have to wear masks on the soccer field. That is unacceptable, it is dangerous, and we should act like it, because it is. This is a classic example of how Tucker Carlson radicalizes his following. He tells his following to do things he would never do in person. He would never actually do that to another person. He would never go out and say those things to a family. He's too much of a coward to do so. So what he does is he radicalizes his following, his viewers to do his dirty work, things that he would never engage in personally. This particular Karen highlighted in the segment is a direct cause and effect connected to Tucker Carlson's radicalization of his people, his followers, all right? Why does it bother anybody that another adult is wearing a mask outside or inside? Why does that personally offend you? If a child wears a mask, that's fine. This should not be an issue with anybody else. You can personally disagree, you can have your thoughts about it. But running up and treating parents like they are child abusers, which is what Carlton, uh, Tucker Carlson said, treating them like child abusers can lead to a very dangerous reality. And when it happens, when somebody takes it to the next level, watch Tucker Carlson, he'll say things like, I never advocate for violence. I would never do such a thing. See, Tucker, you gotta be careful here, man, because the universe has energy. And the energy that you put out, brother, that energy is gonna come back to you. Somebody's gonna catch you slipping and you're gonna be off your game one day and they're gonna give you their two cent plus, all right? But you're putting that energy out for people. Okay, being thoughts. I mean, we have to take this, in my view, in the broader context of the unbelievably racist content that Tucker Carlson does and the racist history of the United States. I mean, he yeah. told people to call child protective services for people wearing masks. So let's put ourselves in the minds of these conservatives for like three seconds. Who are they gonna be calling child protective services on? Is it gonna be random white families? Is that what yeah. it's gonna be? Or is their anti-mask nonsense gonna combine with their absolute racism to reconstruct and reinvigorate a racist system that's been going on in America for a very long time, mm -hmm. which is as soon as you get flagged by the police or flagged by Child Protective Services, they keep an eye on you. And there are countless families of color in the United States of America that have had children taken away from them basically for just being poor. And that is the machine and the system that Tucker Carlson is weaponizing through his audience. And so we really need to understand this not only in the context of the ridiculous anti-mask nonsense that they believe, but also the racist system that this is trying to embolden and uphold. Very well said. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments from the crew. All right, worst case scenario says, 
these Karens are lucky that they usually run into people who have a lot more ability to turn the other cheek than I do. Yeah, Greyhound uh, Dragon, did a Karen just record her own Karenicity? Correct, yes, all right. Um, Cassandra says, love how succinctly you put, you put it, Doc Tucker is responsible. Mike Smith, they also stop people with lights and claim uh, they couldn't see it. Then they keep going to escalate the encounter. That does happen. Yep, uh, Corin2099, I just moved from NHDNC. What stupid law should I know before I get shot? You, you really just need to check. All right, I highly encourage you to check, especially after every legislative cycle for your state. Check, you have no idea what they passed. All right, without you doing some research. Okay, um, black man commits no crime, starts to film a traffic stop. And guess what? Cops turn on him and arrest him. Here's the video. No question about it. If you're a passenger, you don't have to identify. Voice alone can't be deemed interference. Okay, in, yes, it is interference. You think you voice alone can't be? What's your name and badge okay. number? It's printed on my shirt. Move out. Are of you the trying way. to intimidate me? I'm not trying to intimidate you. So I'm why are you, you so close to me? Okay, give me your ID. You've interfered with an investigation. If you refuse to give me your ID, you're going to jail. Hey, go ahead. Get your supervisor on the scene. I don't need a supervisor. You can see him down at the jail. You're going to jail for interference. What's interference? Just so you stand my. with my investigation. All right, he got his. All right, he got his hand. You have no right, right. to interfere with an investigation. He, he put his hands on me. Can I put my can I put my phone in my pocket? Show you some deprivation of rights under the color no, of law. No, you're not at all. I, I have a right to record. You do. You can record. I don't care. So you're saying because I so no, you're saying because I because I said something that's that's yes, interfering. You, you can you stay get your supervisor on the scene you, before you, you make a big mistake. Oh, let's go. You see this? I don't need a supervisor. Okay, get your get your okay. sorry, get your no, lieutenant the on the scene. You're going over to my car. Get your lieutenant. Thirty one oh six, we have another ninety five out here. So you so you telling me you have nobody here? Is nobody camera on? Okay, okay, you think you don't belong. So you going to my pockets right now. Yes, I don't I don't consent to search your no seizures. To. You are interfering I don't, with my investigation. I don't consent to search. Get your, get your super. So you, turn, you turn so my you phone out too? I did, yes. Okay, you turn. Man, cops can be such damn crybabies. You're interfering with my investigation. Let me give you some facts, all right? Uh, so this happened in uh, Colleen, Texas, all right? The police chief. He's backing these cops. His name is Chief Charles F. Kimball. Released a statement saying, and I quote, while conducting their investigation, they were approached by an individual who interjected himself into the investigation by engaging with other individuals in the vehicle, distracting the officers and creating a safety hazard for all involved parties. The subject in question was arrested and charged with violating section 16-107, interfering with or obstructing an officer, okay? Now, let me remind you, it is legal to record in Texas. It's legal to record police officers in Texas. It's also legal to talk to individuals in Texas. Both of those are two legally protected things you can do. Here's the fact 
of the Texas law. In Texas and other states, it is legal to film, it is legal to photograph or other, otherwise record anything that can be seen in a public place. Those who are out in public, whether they are police officer or a member of the public, do not have what's called reasonable expectation that anything they say is actually private or even do, all right? It is important to note that while it is legal to take recordings of police and others in public place, police officers may ask those who are recording to step away from the scene if they feel that person is interfering with police business. In cases such as these, those recordings and interaction must comply, all right? The man was more than enough distance away, no interference, okay? While police can ask members of the public to step back, if they are interfering with police work, members of the public can also politely remind police officers of their rights if they are only asked to stop the recording. However, the police cannot seize a person's phone or tamper with the photos and other recordings that were taken in any way. The only exception to this is when the police officer has a warrant to take the phone. Overstepping here, okay? This is why people do not like the police. This is part of it. If they're doing their jobs lawfully, a man saying, you know, as a passenger, you have certain rights who's remaining distant. As a law enforcement executive, law enforcement officer, you should be okay with somebody actually knowing the law. I mean, it's really ironic, isn't it, that those who sign up to work in law don't like it. They don't like the law. They don't want you to know the law. Why would a law enforcement official want you to not know the law? So they can manipulate you, so they can violate the law, so they can get away with it. Ben, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like to that point, it's very interesting that a police officer is the only person that is allowed to use ignorance of the law as a defense. The only yeah. person, they're the only, everybody else, right? If you take a right turn on red and you're not supposed to, you can get pulled over, you're still gonna get a ticket. But if a police officer says, "Oh, well, I thought this was the law, I thought the law was this. Then courts have very consistently sided with police officers and said, "Oh, well, the police officer didn't know the law. So it's actually totally fine that they arrested you for no reason because they were trying to do their best. They're the only person that magically mm -hmm. gets to not know the law. And then the notion of creating a safety hazard. Look, the only safety hazard in that situation was the man with the badge on his chest, okay? Right. Like, let's just be totally real. It's a it's just obscene that we are all expected to perfectly know the law. We're not allowed to recite it to police officers because if you get if you let the police officer know what the law is, then that it removes their ability to use ignorance as a defense and mm -hmm. then puts us in this situation. That's why police officers are so upset. They don't want themselves to be reminded of the law lest it make them have to do their jobs properly. Yep. And listen, as I've said before and I will say again, the policy is accurate. The law is right in the state of Texas, but when culture is adversarial to the policy, culture will eat policy alive every day, just like you saw in that scenario. Okay, a police officer decided to arrest a man for playing music on his cell phone inside of a Waffle House. Here it is. Can we know? Uh Talk, spread it himself. No, what's the problem? It's a scene inside the store. Nobody's causing a scene. Yeah, you are. No, we ain't. Yeah. Thomas Perry. No, we ain't. 
Yeah. No way. When I can hear you all the way over there, there's a problem. All uh, right. That's cool. Oh, that's that pole. That's full of shit. We can spread ourselves. Whatever. Oh, uh, what I'm telling you is, you get eight Jail. I'm not going. I'm not going to sit and argue with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not arguing with you, but I mean, you can come over here and tell us that. Yeah, I can. I can. No, you can't. Come over and be quiet. Can. No, you can't. Yeah, I can. I'm over here myself. Let's stand up. Public service. Let's stand up. Why? You're going to jail. Stand up. Huh? Yeah, you are. It's the end of my phone. No, stand up. Here, hold my phone. Central 970. Come on, grab that. Record that. Record that. No, stand up. Stand up. I'm going to yank you up. Stand up. You can't. Yeah, you record that. Record That's that. fine. You record all record that. Stand up. This happened in Madisonville, Tennessee. It gets deeper. All right. This ended up costing one person 1200 bucks, and there's more. Here's what happened next. Mom. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing nothing. You just want to take me to jail. This is fine. It's fine. It's good. Go ahead. Let me kill Mary Waffle House. Hey, so. Sorry about that, Gary. Uh, come on, boss. Come on, let's go in this place. It's good, man. Come on, man. We're just having a good time. It's okay, yeah. man. It's fine. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Sol. I got The patron's friend is trying to be reasonable with the cop, and here's how the cop responded to him. So how much have you had to drink tonight? Nothing, man. You've had something, I can smell it. Smell what, coffee? No, the liquor. Oh, no, amigo, come on, amigo. That is not right. You're standing about five feet away. You can't go smell ahead. another. Go ahead. Come on. Go ahead. My wife said my wife There's no way, man. You're the one who was in there hooting and hollering and everything else. I stood up and shook my head at him to tell you to be quiet. And then I have to come over and tell you to be quiet again. Man, what are you saying, dude? Come on, man. He oh, can play whatever he wants. He does. I'm sitting over eating my coffee or drinking my coffee. I like to drink it in pieces. Amigo, instead of come on. Screaming and hollering and it's a public place, amigo. I know, and you can't cause a scene inside exactly. of a Exactly. The only person starting a scene is you, Mr. Officer. Here's what happened next. Put the phone up here for me. You're under arrest as well for public intoxication. Me too? Yes. I'm not driving. Put your, put your phone up there. I'm just recording. I'm, I know, but you're I'm, going to jail, so put the phone down. I'm, I'm going to jail too? Yes. So put your phone down. Put your hands behind your back. Put your, put your hands behind your back. You literally have two men enjoying a meal, enjoying their friendship at a Waffle House. One plays some music on his phone. Remember, the Waffle House has a whole damn jukebox. I don't even go to the Waffle House anymore because of some racist BS they pulled with a black woman a few years ago. Okay, and I'm ashamed to admit I even used to go to the Waffle House. All right, they end up getting arrested. I got the cops' information. We're going to put it up. His name is Wes Martin. Let's put up a picture of Officer Martin. Wes Martin. All right, this is not even the first arrest. That Officer Martin made at that very same Waffle House this year. Just three months earlier, he also arrested a man in the parking lot who he claimed was performing a rain dance. And he decided to charge him with public intoxication as well and resisting arrest. Naturally, given what we've seen in this video, we question everything now. Ben? 
I mean, like, I mean, first and foremost, fun fact about Tennessee, almost one in 10 people in the state of Tennessee are denied the right to vote to due to a prior felony. I think that's a relevant detail to understand the racism that exists within that state, because we all know how those laws are applied and implemented. And I mean, really, like if this if this cop wants to eat waffles in peace and quiet, there's this magical place called the comfort of your own home, where you can eat waffles <laughs> in peace and quiet. You know, you don't go to a waffle house expecting peace and quiet. Um, and it's just ridiculous. And this just shows like how shameless these police officers are. They feel like yeah. they have the ability to arrest anybody for anything. Yeah. What in the red state hail? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. All right, guys. I know this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, and it truly does pain me to say it, but f Donald Trump. He is now trying to say that by us doubting the jab that we're playing right into their hands. What? All we care about is exposing and knowing the truth. And he's gonna sit here and continuously lie to us to push this narrative and the product that he wants to take full credit for. Do you guys not see the problem with this? I mean, if he truly cared about saving what's, whatever's left of this country, and if he truly cared about you, then he should be more concerned about exposing the overwhelming number of adverse reactions and deaths from the jab. But no, he continues to rally people up and deceive people into thinking that this is somehow good. Not to mention he's now claiming that he got the booster, which I don't know if that's true or not. But regardless, why is he still touting this product that's killing people? I don't care if you're left or right. These are wings of the same evil bird. And we have to remember that the whole goal is depopulation by shooting you up with their experimental poison. And a lot of you are probably gonna say, oh, well, I don't care what he does because this is about medical freedom as long as we have the choice. He's not even giving you the choice. Donald Trump created a cult. Donald Trump radicalized a significant population of our country. Donald Trump has now lost control of the cult he created. Yep, they're coming against him now. And you're seeing more and more of this. He was on a tour with Bill O'Reilly, AKA the has-been tour. And on this has-been tour, he admitted that he got the booster shot. People started to boo him right away, okay? And then he says, no, 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 we have to change the narrative. Um, um, it's because of us that people are living. We, we, we brought the vaccine quicker than any other president would have done it. We did it in record time. He wants to take credit for it. But see, this is a design of his own making. Donald Trump created a mixed Message, he intentionally was deceitful in his dealings with the American public. He tried to play both sides and he wanted to maintain the power structure in both. But here's the reality, he wants to run for president again. Roughly 30% of the party on the Republican side, he got him, he got him. But how do you run on a message that says you are for the vaccine? While at the same time, you created a message that said you were against it. And now you have the conflict coming to a head. What are you going to do now, Trump? Here's the reality. If Trump were president still, 
our numbers would be more like 2 million dead people, okay? Because of COVID, that's the reality. All right, Ben, what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, like literally Trump is just sowed the seeds of his own destruction because yeah, he's yep. trying to take a W. He's trying to say, oh look, I made the vaccine. I mean, literally in that interview that I was watching earlier, it made it seem like he was personally taking credit for having developed the vaccine, which was a whole nother level of hilarious. Um, but the fact that his own base right now is very anti-vax and Donald Trump is trying to make that one of his core accomplishments, it's uh, like, I mean, he's just eroding his own support and, and setting up the seeds for his own destruction. So I don't know, maybe this will undermine any potential like future Trump presidency. Like that's the good side of things, the bad side of things is we've got this crowd of people that are like, getting really terrifying in terms of how they're reacting to other people around them and how they're reacting to like medical professionals who are just trying to like vaccinate people. Um, so this is I think very much a double edged sword in a litany of ways for everybody that's involved. And let us not forget the irony, a lot of Trump supporters said this was all about freedom in the beginning of their movement. Now they literally do not want others to have the freedom to be different than them. They are trying to create a monolithic political reality in the United States of America. So now they're pushing, if you don't do it like me, then what you're doing is wrong. And they're starting to approach parents and everything else. All right, Ben, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, just at Benjamin Carollo. And you can also catch my show Galaxy Brain every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern time here on the Young Turks Twitch channel. Except for, of course, this Friday because it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, you have a dope ass show, man. I love your program. Thank you so much, brother. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Conversation coming up.